Welcome back to the Beyond the Mic Show, a show where we interview top coaches, consultants, and experts about topics that will help you run your coaching business more profitably and serve your clients more effectively. I'm your host, Matt Walrath, and today's guest is Eric Malzone, a man who wears many hats, including a business mentor at Level 5 Mentors. He's also the host of two podcasts, The Future of Fitness and The Fitness Blitz. From my perspective, though, Eric's true gifts are in connecting people and making meaningful relationships online. Eric and I have known each other for three years, but never met in person. Yet, it feels like he's one of my oldest friends from college. Not only that, Eric has connected me with some of my favorite people in the fitness industry, and those relationships have been both fulfilling and mutually beneficial. He's a wizard. And that's why in this interview, we dove deep into what networking looks like in a digital age, how to network as a fitness professional without looking like a stuffy corporate business card peddler, and how to network if you were more introverted and shy. This interview is a must because as Eric puts it, the only way to build a bulletproof business is by having a rock solid network. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Eric, welcome to the Beyond the Mic show. So stoked yeah. to have you, man. Yeah, I we had talked a little bit about the show and I'm just so excited because you masterfully run a number of online communities that I've been a part of. And I think that's something that online coaches are starting to move to, is creating communities of their members and their people. And I think that we're going to be able to get some great insights from you today. Awesome, man. Yeah, I'm super excited. And I, I, uh, I really like the name of your podcast. Oh, it's really good. Yeah. And uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I do a lot of podcasts, as you know. And uh, yeah, this one really kind of jumps out. So thanks for having me on, man. I think, uh, you know, the goal here is always to offer value. And that actually yeah. runs right into networking. So yeah, man, fire away. Whatever you want to cover. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of networking, that's one of those things where when I was first starting out in the fitness industry, I didn't understand the value of networking. Like I was coming from a background of selling marketing. <laughs> I was when I first got out of university, I was actually doing event marketing. And so it was a B2B business. And so it was clear why I needed to network. You know, these people were potential prospects, people who potentially would be hiring our agency. But then when I got into the fitness industry, I was like, I'm just looking for clients. Like what do I need to network for? And I'm curious to hear from you and your perspective, like for people in the fitness industry, especially client-facing versus the B2B people. You know, why is networking important? It's, I think it's everything, man. I am, um, yeah. you know, I, I think I want to I define some terms too before we dig into them. I, I think when most people think of networking, they think of these like chamber of commerce events right? At least in the United States where it's like this forced interactions and someone's coming up to you and they're like, Hey, take my card. Let me grab your card. Right. What do you do? Cool. I do vacuum sales. Right. It's just it, that, that forced interaction of networking is, uh, I think it's, it's a, it's still effective. I mean, if you're good at that and that's what you like, but I think there's better ways. And to me, networking is just building a web of relationships that take time to nurture and Ultimately, networking is, is putting out more value than you take in. I think if you can always look at like, if I'm offering a little bit more value than I'm asking for, I'm kind of always a little bit ahead, right? And that's, to me, is, is what it is. And, you know, having been in sales background, having run brick and mortar and now online businesses, 
firming up relationships, building a network is, you know, we never know, man. That's the thing. We never know, right? Facebook could change the algorithm again, right? And if you're running your business on paid ads, you know, it's, it's, you're going to be in trouble. If even like you have very, very strong SEO, right? We've talked about that numerous times. One, one change to the algorithm, you know, or competition floods the market for particular keywords. You're, you're out. But relationships, relationships last forever. And we talk about quality of leads coming in. What's the best lead you could possibly get? A referral. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there when it comes to networking and you know, having a, originally a corporate sales background, you know, I was one of those guys who probably worked a little bit less, if not a lot less than my fellow sales comrades, but generally gave way more output because I didn't focus my time on necessarily cold calling. And I have in the past, but I focused on the strongest relationships I had first and leveraging those relationships into another relationship and then going from there. That's where I spent my time. And maybe it's a little bit more work up front. Not really though. Um, I take that back. It's not more work up front. Um, it just takes some intention and it takes um, you know the right approach and attitude in doing it. Yeah. And man, I, it's definitely interesting to hear going back just that energetic flow that I'm putting more into the system than I'm taking out and I'll always be ahead in that way. And I'm curious now, you just mentioned the corporate sales route with the fitness route. What does that look like for you? What is that that value that you've been adding to the fitness industry system? Yeah. So I think a couple of things and we can back up even a little bit more. So I got, I ejected, I pulled the ejector seat in the corporate world uh, around 2008 and started my first brick and mortar business, which was a CrossFit gym. And uh, now 2008-09, for those who remember, was a terrible year to start a business. It was just the worst recession of our lifetime. It was just bad. And there was no Facebook ads. There was no anything like that. I didn't have a budget, right? I had to... Everything was either you know family loans, right? In small increments, two grand here, three grand there, or bootstrapping with my savings and even a little bit of a 401k loan. And uh, so I had to get out there and we had a network. And there's no better way to, to start networking than out of necessity. And, you know, every week, my business partner and I, we had to go out and we had to go meet one new person in Santa Barbara and bring back a business card. And we had very focused things like, well, we want it to be someone who, um, you know, is in the health industry or somebody who, you know, runs uh, something sports related, teams, teachers, anybody who influence hairdressers, right? Because they talk to people all day long. You know, we just had to go out and introduce ourselves. And that initially people are like, well, that sounds so uncomfortable. You know, it's not. Once you do it, you realize that was really easy. I should do that some more. And people are missing that. And, you know, I built two successful, well, one was kind of new, but good gyms, right? And, and exited in 2017 and, and started now on a bigger role. And within the fitness industry, I honestly didn't know what I was going to do, Matt. I, once I sold the gyms and my wife and I started traveling more, kind of similar to what you're doing with your, your lifestyle, right? But more North America focused. I didn't know what I was going to do. I started a digital marketing agency with a colleague. Didn't pan out, right? And as anybody who's an entrepreneur knows, like failure is just part of the game. I'm just going to get used to it, right? Then I started a podcast and uh, I started interviewing people. And I, A, love it. Really liked it. Really like asking people questions. Love having conversations like this. But then I did, you know, then I did 50. And then I did 100. And then I did 200. And 300. Now I'm like somewhere between five and 600 interviews that I've done with people in the fitness and health industry. And my intention was not to build a network, but it sure as shit happened, right? I, I've 
met a lot of people. I know a lot of people. There's a lot of people I can call now because the reason being is I didn't go, there's a big difference between saying, Hey Matt, can I uh, maybe buy you a cup of coffee and pick your brain a little bit? So no, every time, almost every time, right? Unless somebody has a lot of time on their hands, then you should be weary anyway, right? Because then they'll just talk your ear off for hours and hours. Or if I say, Hey, you know, I would really like to interview you on my podcast. Would you be open to that? Yes. People will say yes twice. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You've been on my show twice. Right. And uh, what does that do? Well, A, you are leading with value. And I think um, as a fitness and health professional, people think that they don't have value, but we'll talk through this and why you do have value to offer to just about everybody. If you have one client, you have value to offer. Okay. If you don't have one client, go get one. (laughs) Like (laughs) pause, just go talk to somebody and try to get a client. Right. And, and that's the kind of stuff that starts, that's the fundamental basis is always leading with value and then getting the opportunity to understand what someone's problems are. I call it strategic empathy. Like if I'm, uh, I don't know, if I'm in the online space, right? Let's say you and I are chatting right now on this podcast. After we're done recording, um, you say, you know, Eric, that was awesome, man. Thanks for coming on. Like, tell me what's going on in your business right now. Oh, I'm doing this and this is this. Okay, cool. What's, what's the biggest challenge that you're facing right now? <sighs> man, you know, I'm just not set up to scale. Really? Well, you know, I know someone who is outstanding at scaling, right? Do you mind if I make yeah. an introduction for you? Boom. What happened? What just happened? I offer value. Then I offer more value. And then I offer some, some value to somebody who's a colleague of mine, right? Who's going to get introduced to a very, very hot lead. So being that connector is a very, very powerful thing because it puts you in the middle of a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Is that something you've done naturally throughout your life? Like if you match made a bunch yeah. of friends, they've end up marrying yeah. or is that something you've had to, to build? Yeah. yeah. I've always done that. Um, I don't know why it was, uh, there's a story that always reminds me. I have a friend who um, went to high school with him, became like a, a Navy SEAL. And I was living in San Francisco and he, he came back every once in a while and he would want to go party in San Francisco. And this is like my mid twenties. Right. And, uh, got to this club and there was this huge line. And then I see somebody, I'm like, Hey, David, what's up, man. And next thing you know, we're going in through the back door. Right. And we're walking up the stairs and we're in the club. He's like, that's amazing. How's that happen? I'm like, I don't know. It just happens because I talked to you. Know, I'm always interested in helping people out because I had talked to that guy years before and help him get a job. Yeah. Right. And that's why it wasn't because I was popular, right? Not cool. I'm not cool. Let's just say it that way. I'm not like a nightclub cool guy, but I helped that guy earlier. And I think that's, you know, we come back to it. It's like, well, if you can help people, right, really get to understand what their problems are, what the challenges they're facing and and help them. People remember that they do. Definitely. And it's, it's interesting to think about. So that's, that's an example of a online connection that you made with the podcast. You ask someone, you know, what are you struggling with? And you make that connection. And then that's a great example of an in-person, you know, how you end up making that connection. And is there anything else to networking aside from making those connections that you think is important when it comes to, if I want to provide value into the system, how do I do it? Is connecting the best way I can do it? Or are there other things that I should be thinking about as well? It's, it's a really it's a really interesting question to unpack a little bit. I think, so when we talk about having a value-based mindset, I don't know if that's a thing, but we just made it up, you and I, so we should, you know, a value-based mindset. Let's just trademark, trademark, (laughs) Trademark, done. Um, You just start to see things differently. You start to look at 
like when people read The Go-Giver or those, you know, that book is amazing. It's just a great parable of how you can run a business. You know, if you're always looking for ways to make a sale, people feel that. They feel it, right? Yeah. Every time. It's just like some vibe you put off. If you're looking there like, and sometimes I'll say like, hey, I'm not looking to sell you anything today. I'm just really interested in finding out what your challenges are. And then getting creative. So I think it's more of a mindset of like, okay, what is someone's problems? How can I help them solve that problem or get them on the path of solving it? And that's, it's that simple. But the creativity around it is where things get good, right? That's, that's when the, the mastery, I would say, comes in play. Big time. And man, what, I, I, I just had this realization that like, I've never given you a hug in person because we've never actually <laughs> met in person. No. It feels like we have because we've talked so many times on video chat. We've done business together in a number of different ways. You know, we've been on the phone. It's, it's, it's weird that we've never met. But like, is, is there any conscious way that you've found to create that connection with someone who you've never met in person? You've never managed to give them a hug, but you've created a deep relationship with them online. Hmm. Man, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I am um, Kate Jaramillo, who you, you're friends with too. You know, we are doing one of those strength assessments like a Colby or a disc or, you know, predictive index, one of those things. And, you know, she was, she was telling me, she's like, that's just what your strength is. That's just what you do. You know, you just, you're, you're good at, at getting people to open up and talk and, and forming relationships. And that's really just where I thrive. I mean, if you look at like, you know, what people's strengths are and you shouldn't, people should know their strengths, right? Because if you like, I'm, a failure at implementation. I have amazing ideas. I know how to network. I can do all these things. But if you ask me to be like, okay, well, here's the plan now implement it over the next two months. I will, I will hate it. Hate it. Right. Which means it'll stress me out and it'll take me forever to do. And I think that's just, it's just my strength man. that's just what I do. And, uh, you know, it's funny is I'm not an easy guy to find. I'm in Northwest Montana right? So I don't see a lot of people that I work with. When I do meet people, they always say, oh, I thought you were taller, right? That's kind of... <laughs> That's funny. I'm not I'm five, nine, five, 10, pretty average size guy, 180. Yeah. So yeah, man, it's funny. I don't know. I just like... I'm, I'm on video calls all day. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a very powerful way. I mean, if obviously in-person's best. Video call, I think, is, is second best. Phone call, third, right? Text, email, all that distant, distant fourth, fifth, sixth. And so what about somebody who they got into the online space because they don't have that ability to connect in person yet, or they feel a little bit awkward in these situations, or they're not a connector? You know, is there any ways that you've, is there anyone you've interacted with who maybe is like that, but they're actually pretty well networked or they, you know, they know a lot of people? Mm, That's a really interesting question, Matt. I, and I'm racking my brain, I think. No, no, I don't know if there is. I really don't. I don't know if there is. And I think if, if you are that person, maybe who's like, you know, struggles a little bit to, to start relationships or, or firm up relationships, continue relationships, then you're fully like, I'm actually introverted, believe it or not. Like, as soon as my day shuts down, I'm quiet. Like, I just want to yeah. go somewhere in the woods, like fly fish or shoot a gun or whatever. I'm probably getting in trouble for that one. But I, I don't, you know, I, I, I can't, I only have so much energy to give. So I have to be very conservative with that. So I'm actually quite introverted. But if you are someone who has a hard time with the relationships, I would say, look for somebody who's good. Yeah. And, and work with them, you know, 
leverage their network. You know, one of the reasons that I have, you know, online communities is a lot of people like to leverage my network and I'm happy to do so. Yeah. Know, for a small fee. And uh, I think that's something there's a, there's people, you know, you have a vast network, right? And you, you know, a lot of people, I mean, probably a lot from you started from podcasting. I yeah. imagine, right? A lot of it came yeah. from being a competitive athlete in the CrossFit space and just chatting people up at regionals and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's, uh, I think the key to nowadays to, to starting relationships is, and as, as overused as this word is, it's authenticity, right? Being a little bit vulnerable, people being authentic, anybody who has, and you know, now we talk about like emotional quotient EQ and all that, how that's a new factor of success. Um, but it kind of makes sense. I'm not going to follow a fad until it's proven, but I think, um, and you know, if, if, if you're just authentic with people and, and maybe like, if you are a little bit awkward, quirky, right? Socially, starting a conversation with like, hey, so God, just let you know, like I'm, this isn't kind of my thing, relationships, but you know, I'm, I'm glad. I'll be like, oh, cool. Great. No problem. Thanks for mentioning that. You're doing great, right? Yeah. Now everyone's cheering for you. So yeah. being a little authentic with that too, or finding people who have them and, and leveraging them. Yeah. It's interesting because what, what comes up for me hearing that is that, so I've got a silent business partner on the coaching side. Her name's Ray. She's amazing at connecting with people in these one-to-one interactions. Like when it comes to a one-on-one coaching situation, she's so on point. But for her, like getting onto a podcast or a video call is really outside of her comfort zone. So I've been the one that does a lot of this forward-facing stuff. And she is the one who... Like, you know, I am really good at follow-through execution, those type of things, but she takes it to another degree. So for all the things in the business that need that follow-through, that execution, that person who's going to stay on top of it until it's done and it's done to the best degree that it can be done, she does all that stuff. And so we complement each other really well in that sense where, you know, she's not as well-networked as I am, but I'm well-networked and I need what she can offer me. And so I think perhaps for those people who aren't well-networked, that's the best thing you can do is think about what my strength is and how can I find somebody like an Eric or a Matt who I can partner up with and we can complement each other and create something really awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And I can guarantee you, like if somebody's listening to this and you're a, a kick butt implementer, like you can take someone's vision and help it become a thing. Like you're extremely valuable. I think people put a lot of value, a lot more value, maybe in disproportionate amount on the people who are forward facing. Right. But like, I'm nothing without a Kate, I'm nothing. Right. (laughs) Vacation program, you know, like Ken and I, in our, in our mentoring business, like we're desperately searching for an implementer right now because we have amazing ideas and we can leverage our networks are vast. But the problem is like, we can't, okay. Like it's taken us three months to get our website up. Wow. Shouldn't take that, <laughs> no. right? Shouldn't take that long. So, but we just were both like, "Oh God, I got to write copy. I got to, uh, yeah." So, if you are that type of person who can do that or is technically savvy, know that people like Matt and I, we're, we love people like you, and we would love to talk to you. Hundred percent. Yeah. And- you have brought up these online communities and these online mm. groups that you run. And having been a part of two of them, actually, there's some things that you do in there that just provide so much value. And I think for anybody who has ever started a Facebook group for their clients and had zero engagement, 
think it'd be really good to go over some of the things that you found running an online community that really, one, provide value to your community, but also create those engagement or those uh, authentic interactions between people that provide value that you're not the one that has to always be the one putting the content into the network. You know, it gets just generated. Yeah. Yeah. Online communities are, are so valuable. They really are. I mean, first of all, I want to recommend a book, right? Because I think this gave me an actual structure to the way that I do it. And um, the book is by, I wrote down, it's Richard Millington. He wrote Buzzing Communities. And it's, I think it's a little older, but it's so relevant to all of these. And then, you know, I look at some people who do it really, really well too. David Smith, uh, out of Canada has a really solid Facebook group. Then there's uh, Eric Carlson and uh, and Eddie who run the 10X community, which is a, a membership Slack community for entrepreneurs, not just fitness. And I, I just I saw how their community managers ran things, and it's it's not easy. It, it's actually quite a bit of work. And in order to get the flywheel spinning, you got to be in there, right? And I used to think, oh, if I just tag everybody. Right. Yeah. And I just put all this crap in the group, you know, like an article, three articles a day. Well, no, it doesn't really do it. You have to ask, like, you have to know specifically how to ask the right questions. I have a list of, of 30 questions. I think I got them from this book that I can mix and match and, and ask questions and tag people that starts conversation. Controversy is your friend, right? It really is. I mean, obviously, for me, stay away from politics, but things that are, you know, hot points for people in the industry. Like I asked a simple question, one of my Facebook groups, like, are you a, and this is right up your alley, Matt, like, are you a high value, low volume service provider or low, low quality, high volume? And everybody was just couldn't wait to raise their hand and say, I'm high volume or low volume, high quality. Right. Cause that's what everybody wants to be. And people are proud to say that. And then it starts a conversation, Right. The, the best goal, I mean, if you, you know, once your, your community gets to like a tipping point where you don't have to push the rock up the hill every day is when you start getting those people start asking questions, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the things I have is I'll get a lot of people in my fitness accelerator group. It's a Slack community. And I like Slack because I don't know, I just fundamentally not a big fan of Facebook anymore. That's my own thing. Um, I also, when I get onto Facebook, I get sucked in the next day. It's like, been 10 minutes and I'm watching cat videos, right? But Slack community just seems to work for me. But I'll get a lot of people who will say, ask me, you know, direct message me a question. And I, and I will just ask them, hey, do you mind if you post that question in the channel? And then I can answer it there, right? Yeah. And then it's just like little things like that. Like, hey, you know, asking someone, hey, if you don't mind, just ask that question in the group because it'd be great to, to do that. And you look at like what Dave Smith does, right? So he's got a mix of like new leads coming into his Facebook group. And he, he did my podcast. So this is, I'm not sharing anything that he hasn't shared publicly. So he's got new leads coming in because people are joining his Facebook group. And then he has people going through his coaching program. And part of their homework is to post things in the group. Yeah. Right. So he's created this amazing flywheel of, of user generated content that just keeps going. His job is just go in there and like answer a few things right? Tag a few people, do whatever. And that thing's humming. But I guarantee it took him a little while to figure out that formula. And uh, I talked to him about it and he was like, this was not overnight. (laughs) No, no. It's like 10 years in the making, right? Yeah. That's that's the thing. And so I think if you are going to start an online community, number one, realize that it's going to take time. 
yeah. right? It's going to take time because you're, you are building relationships with people essentially and getting to know the individuals in your group and starting to recognize who are the power users, right? The people who, you know, who they are, like eventually you know who they are and because they're always going to comment. They're fantastic. They're the best, right? And they generally do it because they just like it, right? Yeah. So getting started, knowing it's going to take a little bit of time, starting to recognize who's the power users, what are the hot buttons in a community? How do you just start to create buzz, right? And then, you know, having people ask questions that are relevant to their business within the group and then being a little bit vulnerable. I mean, we, and I got this from uh, Carlson the 10X group is when people join my online community, I ask them to do a couple things, introduce themselves and then post their number one challenge. Right. Yeah. What a better way, like posting your number one challenge in your business right now is, and they post it and they're like, Oh, well it starts a conversation instantly. Everyone gets to know you and then you know exactly how to help people. And the other thing that I do that I don't think a lot of other people do is I take a lot of time intentionally, like I'll make time during the week in a specific block of time to introduce people to each other on a one-on-one basis. Yeah. And it's not just like, hey, Matt meets Susie. It's, hey, this is Matt, right? Matt has a successful online nutrition company. And right now he's looking for XYZ. And I'm connecting you, Susie, because this, 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 right? So you have to connect the dots for them and then tell them it's a reason to, to move forward. So you have to be very clear and intentional with that too. So it may look easy, but it's a ton of work, man. And yeah. uh, I really sometimes thought that you must be like Squidward with eight arms rocking around, <laughs> tagging a bunch of different people all at once. You know, it was, it was amazing to me because I think when I joined the Fitness Accelerator group, I posted my number one challenge and you immediately ended up tagging, I think, six people. And I had six calls within that week with those people. And yeah. I was like, wow, because it's a paid, paid group. And I was like, yeah. that right there, I, I got more, more value out of that for free than, well, I mean, it wasn't for free, but I got more value out of that than I'm paying. And it was just getting on these calls. And now I still have ongoing chats with these people that you've connected me to. And that was about a year ago, to be honest, which is yeah. just mind-blowing. Yeah, the dividends that it paid are, are huge. Another thing that I thought was really interesting too with that group is you know, doing the hot seats, having people from the group that were guest experts that would talk on a given subject. And then also a newsletter that just wrapped up the what was going on in the community. What were some of the interesting conversations people could dive into? I was just like, how the heck is Eric pulling this off? Because it just seemed like so much. I tried to do it with our online community. I was like, this is like a whole a whole job description. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, the newsletters I love. Um, I think it's great. And I found that a lot of people, because you know, you know, the platform of Slack has its problem, not its problems. It's got its uh, setbacks because people don't, unless you log into it every day, you have to remind yeah. people that it's there. Right. Because yeah. um, I don't like to be one of those like membership based things where people just pay and they're not using it. And all of a sudden, like 24 months later, they're like, whoa, this is on my credit card. Like, I don't want to be that. I want to know, I want people to know that it's there. Right. And yeah. it exists because it's a lot more fun that way too. And that I'm glad to hear that because that's the goal. And I, I check in with my clients all the time within that group. Like, hey, are you getting the value out of it? And, you know, Pat Rigsby, who I probably introduced you to, he, um, you know, I would talk to him when I first started it. And uh, I'm like, well, what would consider this be a win 
for you if you're in this group. He's like, Erica, you know, at this rate, um, you know, this monthly rate, if you got me one affiliate partner over a 12 month span, it's paid for itself 10 times over. And I kept that conversation in my, in my mind because I'm like, that's, I just have to give people that one critical introduction, right? That, that changes everything for them. And that, that actually gets me, it gets me really excited. Like that stuff gets yeah. me really excited just to see people collaborate and like they didn't see it before, but I saw it and then I was able to connect them. It's, it's, it's cool. It actually gets me really fired up. I'm curious, is it, a, is it a superpower that you can keep in your head what all of these people's number one challenges are, or struggles are, and what their business is? Or do mm-hmm. you have a system for that? Like, do you have some master spreadsheet somewhere that's like super users of the fitness accelerator, number one challenge, struggle that you look at every now and then? Like, how do you keep that all in your head? Because it does seem like such a natural thing as a user of those groups. No, I used, I had one, I tried but I'm terrible with spreadsheets. Once again, I'm not a good implementer, right? So (laughs) it is all swimming around in my head, but you know, the group isn't, isn't extremely big. I think my accelerator group is like, you know, always floats around 40 to 60 of that 10 to 20 are actually like non lurkers, like people who actually just get in and (laughs) you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're act, they're physically out or not physically, but they're active within the group. So those are the people are always kind of forefront of mind. So I'm always actually just trying to help those people, but by benefit, I'm helping the people that I'm connecting with them too. But I just thoroughly love the fitness, health and wellness industry. I'm always looking for to see, I want to know what people are up to. I'm very nosy. What are you doing? Yeah. Right. And uh, because I'm like, that genuine curiosity. (laughs) I really want to know. And you know, I think now I have, you know, Ken, uh, my partner, level five mentors, um, very similar in that way. And the way we've, we've been able to, to leverage networks and, and literally, I mean, literally 10 X businesses in a matter of months with the right networking connection has been really fascinating. And I've never, I haven't spent a dollar on ads, Matt, for anything I do since 2015 when I own my job. You know, I've never spent, I never spent it. I just, I just talk to people. I'm looking for what's going on. And ultimately I'm just looking for problems to solve. I mean, I keep coming back to that, but just looking for problems to solve. That's it. And isn't that entrepreneurship? Really? That is definitely entrepreneurship. Yeah. At like the base level is like, well, A, get used to failing. B, find problems you think you can solve and go solve them. Right. I think that's it. I think it's that simple. Just how you apply it. Yeah. I think that's a great place to wrap up this conversation. So Eric, where is the best place for people to find you, interact with you, engage with you and learn more? Yeah, I'm super active on LinkedIn, which probably wouldn't surprise you from a networking aspect. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm there. I'm also on Facebook and you can also, uh, you can go to level5mentors.com. So L-E-V-E-L the number five mentors.com. Our website will definitely be done by then. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And that's a good place to catch me too. Cause that's, that's, that's my all in spot. That's where I'm pulling all my, my skills and networking together into that effort. So that's where I'll be. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Cause if you're putting all your energy there, that's going to be a good place to be. I think so. I think so. Um, Yeah, man. Thank you, Matt. This is all it's, it's always great chat with you. Like I said, I feel like someday we'll meet in person. It's going to be awesome. We'll both be wearing black t-shirts, I would imagine. And uh, I hope so. Yeah, I'll I'll bring one out for you. (laughs) Awesome, man. Well, yeah, maybe I'll have to get a trip out to Montana planned pretty soon here. Ski season's here, man. Bring it. I know.
and my fiance has done a couple uh, couple seasons in Whistler, so I know she's pretty keen to get back to the mountain life. Yeah, man. Yeah, love to have you anytime. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Eric Malzone. If you haven't already, join the online nutrition coach community at beyondmacros.com slash coach community, all one word. Pop in there and tell me, are you the connector or are you the executor? And what steps will you take to partner up with someone who complements your skill set? I always appreciate reading your reviews on iTunes. And please make sure to subscribe to the channel to get notified when we release new shows to help you run your coaching business more profitably and serve your clients more effectively. Much love Beyond Macros Heroes. I'll see you next time.